Welcome to the KICC Malawi podcast. We pray that you will be encouraged with the message today. Amen. Welcome to church. Today is the first day. Amen. Lord has been amazing. He's been good. He's been faithful. And you called us this year to take over. Amen. And He's taking us through a journey where we want to see that we need to take over in every aspect. Digressing a little bit because they stopped talking about other things that he was talking about. And he only talks about the eye and the significance and the role that that eye played in our life. And when you go down to this thing before, you see that he goes again to talk about uh, you cannot save the masters and But today our focus will be on this text that Jesus Christ focused on. I talked about the eye. That actually has to see. That's why our title was the eye that see. So let me, let me just give you a few interesting points about the human eye that maybe you may be talking in and if that can help us to actually understand why Jesus is supposed to much focus and why actually Jesus went about healing everybody that he encountered 
historic their site the other week Pastor Madame was preaching about a man who actually actually concluded to say you know this man what I know is that I was blind but right now I can see some of the interesting and scientific and interesting facts about your heart is that your eye uh, focus on 50 different objects every second. So every second, your eye has the ability to focus on 50 different And the only, the only organ that is more complex than the brain And your eyes can distinguish approximately 10 million different colors. So no men are colorblind, but they have got the ability, together with women, to distinguish approximately 10 million different colors. So talking about your eye, my eye, the one that the Lord created. Here's the interesting thing. 80% of all our language what you pay attention to, what you think about yourself, what you think about yourself. 80% of whatever you're living, the colored part of your eye, which is called the eyes, has 256 unique characteristics. Just so you know, your fingerprint only has 40. Fingerprint has about 40 characteristics that are unique. That's why we now we use the fingerprint for protection. But those in the scientific world recognize that actually the safest point to store your security is through the eye. Because the eye itself has got more than 256 characters that the Lord allowed it to have. Fact number seven that the average person blinks 12 times in a minute. I bet he just blinked. Amen. The optic nerve contains more than one million nerve cells. Remember, the, it is very difficult to operate the eye. And this is one other fact that, you know, backs that up. Your op, the optic nerve of the eye contains about one million nerve cells. And here's the last one. There are so many facts, but I chose these nine. Deliberately. If one of your eye, just one of your eye, we have to be a digital camera. We all go for HD photos, eh? We love them. We smile, we dress up, and then we put on our profiles. And sometimes when we meet the real you, we are like, okay. So if one of your eyes were a digital camera, it would have 576 megapixels. Only one eye. And just so you know, in comparison, that the best cameras in the world have about around 50 megapixels. I don't know if anybody knows the latest iPhone, how many megapixels it has. Uncle James? Uncle Martin? It's about 64, somewhere there about. But God created your eye, your eyes, and one of your eyes, just one of it, has got 576 megapixels. But so far right now, 
the best camera that can have the best quality eh, only can match to 50 megapixels. And brethren, I'm talking about the creation of God. That's why when God created you and me, he saw that it was good. And he said, I'll make him in my image. The lions, which when the lion pops up here, comes here, we cannot not be here. I'm, I'm sure about that. Whether we're going to get out through the window or through what, that we can discuss when we're outside. But when a lion comes here, we cannot be here. We'll be frightened. That lion was only created by words. God says, let there be. But when it came to you and me, God had to agree to say, let us make man. And he had to put your eyes the way they are. He didn't put them at the back for some reasons. So we'll be exploring about our eyes and the power that the eye has. Amen. So what your eye, your physical eye can see. So 576 megapixels times two uh, quick maths. How much is that? Lying on your mats. <laughs> 1,152 megapixels that you're holding right now. Okay? That you have. That the Lord blessed you with. What that can see in the physical can also be seen in the spiritual and even much more. What you are able to comprehend physically you should know that you have got the ability that the Lord has given you to perceive and comprehend even much more and much better. And remember that you were first created as a spirit being before you manifested as a physical and as a human being. It means God gave man and also woman eyes in the spirit first. Amen. And then man had to manifest in the physical as he was in the spirit. If you go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 uh, and 27, in Amplified, then God said, let us, and let us there is representing uh, God the Father, the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Let us make man in our image. According to our likeness, not physical, but spiritual personality embodied and embedded in this man. And let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, over the bays of the air, over the cattle, and over the entire earth, and everything that is in it. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God and likeness of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So God had to make you in the, in the spirit first. And place your eyes where they are. For you to know that you are a spiritual being first. Hallelujah. Before you are physical. And sometimes we forget about this fact that we are spiritual beings. And we concentrate so much in dressing up, in dressing up our bodies and feeding up our bodies, having a healthy diet, 
sleeping enough, but forgetting that we are spiritual first. Hallelujah. So I pray that this morning you realize that you are also and, 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 and only actually a spiritual person. A spiritual being that the Lord presented to this earth as his representation. That's why we are called his ambassadors. And so if God gave you eyes in the spirit, he's expecting you to see. He's expecting you to use them. He's expecting you to connect heavens to earth. Because you are the only one who can see where you're coming from. Amen. So you are the only one who can see where you're coming from. You're coming from God. You are the only one who can see what's there. Luke 10, verse 23. Jesus said, Then he turned to his disciples and said to them privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things you see. Sometimes we may not be able to comprehend and see what the Lord is doing. But blessed are our eyes when they open and we're able to see what God is exactly doing in our lives. What God is exactly doing in the church. What God is exactly doing where we stay. What God is exactly doing where we work. We cannot all be blind men and women. Because some of us came from a place where we can see. Amen. And so why are our eyes so significant? To the extent that Jesus, like I said, he never allowed any blind man to go unhealed or to pass him by. In John chapter 9, the, 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 that was the main text for the sermon a week after that Pastor McDuff was preaching. We saw this, that when Jesus was healing this blind man, took some mud and placed it in the eyes and told him to go and wash himself. And then when he came back, he couldn't see clearly. You remember that story? But Jesus made sure that his sight was restored completely for a reason. So as Jesus pointed, the eye in Matthew chapter 6 and Luke chapter 11 that we read is the lamp of the body. The eyes open up to another world. Open up to the inner man. The eye gives us access to the soul. They point to our very state of the inner being. So Jesus often used the eye as our spiritual sense of sight, as a metaphor, and mostly in parables. And I'll explain later on why he used parables. But today, this morning, we are not speaking in parables anymore. And the most, if not the only most sensitive spiritual sense that is given to us through sight, is given to us as, as, as something that we can behold, is sight and healing. Those are some of the most sensitive spiritual senses that the Lord will expect us to use. That our sight is restored. That our healing is restored. That's why somewhere Jesus was complaining and, and, and was quoting the, the prophet Isaiah and prophet Jeremiah and Ezekiel that these people, they have got eyes, but they can't see. They have got ears, but they can't hear. 
But God is expecting you and me to awaken our spiritual senses. Our spiritual sense of sight and our spiritual sense of healing. So why did Jesus speak in parables and use sight in parables most of the time? Brother Matthew is helping us to actually understand that why in the the book of uh, Matthew chapter 13 from 10 to 16. And I'll read right now. Verse 10, Matthew 13. And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? You are teaching all of us. But when it comes to speaking to them, you are speaking in parables. Why? And he answered and said to them, Because it has not been given to you, it has been, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. That's why I don't speak to you in parables. But I speak to them in parables for a reason. But to them, it has not been given. For whoever has to him more will be given. And you, you will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has, will be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables. Because seeing, they do not see. And hearing, they do not hear. Nor do they understand. These people that Jesus is talking about have got the physical eyes wide open. And yes, they have the physical ears okay. But Jesus is noticing here and saying, when I speak to them, they can't hear, they can't see, they can't comprehend, and therefore they can't understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, hearing you will hear and shall not understand. And seeing you shall see and not perceive. Verse 15, for the hearts of these people have grown down. Their ears are hard of hearing and their eyes have closed. They have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Lest they should understand with their hearts and turn. So, so that I should be able to heal them. Are you able to see what Jesus is talking about here? Since their eyes They can see, but yet they cannot perceive. They can hear with their physical ear, but they cannot understand. Because when they understand, I will be able to heal them. Remember Jesus said, the eye is the lamp to the body. So it means here that when you are able to see, it means here that when you are able to hear, when you are able to understand, and that's the Lord will be able to heal you. This is so deep. When you're able to see, even when scripture is being preached, even when scripture is being laid, even when you are leading the scripture, when you're able to see and perceive what God is saying and communicating to you, Jesus says, I guarantee you healing. I will heal you. Surely I will heal you just because you're able to perceive, just because you're able to see, not with this human eye, but because your inside has been illuminated. Amen. And so I pray that the Lord will grant you sight and the grace that you should be able to see. 
and I plead with the Lord and I pray that we will be able to partake of this healing when we are able to understand and lead this word of God. You know, some people read the Bible and say, this is a forest, this is a jungle. They have got eyes, but they can't see. They have got ears, they can't hear. But God says, when they see what I am doing, what I am saying to them, healing is their portion. So let this be our cry and our prayer this morning. Some of our sicknesses that we are, we are being troubled with, we may need to see what the Lord is saying to us. That God will be able to open the eyes of our understanding, just like Paul said to the, to the Bible, to, to, to the book of um, Ephesians, to the church of Ephesus, that I pray that the eyes of your understanding will be open. Verse 16 says, But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For assuredly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see and did not see it. And they desire to hear what you hear today, but did not hear it. Isaiah, Ezekiel, Elijah, all those prophets before Jesus Christ. They cried to see Jesus. They cried and longed to see this revelation that was coming with Jesus. They could only see visions. They could only see in dreams. They desired to see this day. And Jesus is talking to these disciples and the people say, but blessed are you because you can see. And so we are also able to see what the Lord is saying through the acts of the apostles and the disciples. Because through their anointing, through what the Lord permitted them to do, we are able to see, lead the word, and be able to connect to heaven's glory. Amen. Now, a parable is sort of like an illustration or a story. Sometimes when you share a parable and that what Jesus did, people will be interested with the story. Amen? They will be carried away with the story. And they will miss what the Lord is communicating. That's why Jesus spoke to them in parables. For those that are spiritually mature, you don't need to speak to them in parables. For them that the kingdom is given, they have spiritual discernment to connect to what the Lord is saying. 2022 is a year of taking over. And the scripture is read, is read and everybody is excited about it. But how many of you can see what the Lord is saying? Because when you are able to see the taking over that the Lord is speaking, you'll be able to partake healing. You'll be able to take over indeed. So a story is interesting to the spiritual blind. To those that their mind is darkened, the story is very interesting. All they will remember after a preaching on a Sunday is the story. All they recall are the examples, not what the Lord was speaking to them. And if that happens to you, I pray that the Lord will help you. Because it will mean that you are spiritually immature. It will mean that you are still a baby in the spirit. I can imagine if people came and went to listen to Jesus, 
and people were asking them, so what was happening today? Oh, Jesus did this. Yeah, he fed the multitudes. Okay, but what did he say? Oh, he spoke about uh, us not being his family. His mom came and said, no, you're not my mother. Imagine Jesus denying his own mother. He said, you're not my mom, but my, my relatives are these ones are listening to my word. They failed to capture what the Lord was communicating. So people will listen to a story, but will not listen, will not give ear to the truths of what the gospel is preaching. They will enjoy the story and just, it will end there. So Jesus says, you are blessed if your eyes can see. The question is, are your eyes open enough that you can see? Amen. Jesus says, you are blessed if you can see. Are your eyes open enough to see what is happening in your life? To see the suffering around you. Are your eyes open enough to see what the Lord is taking the church to? When we say the end is nigh, are you able to perceive it? Are you able to connect whatever is happening right now and see that surely we are going back home? Or you are just concerned about whatever is happening around us? Are you able to see, are your eyes open enough to see that the end is truly near? And that it should fix your house in order. And by that, I didn't say you should go loop your house. And I didn't also stop you from doing that. I'm talking about the spiritual man. And remember, you're a spiritual man first, before you're a physical man. And by man, I mean both women. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Are your eyes open enough to see the direction of your life right now? Or you're just moving like at atoms. You know, atoms, they say in secondary school, they taught us that they move. There is a word they use. They move haphazardly. That means they will hit the wall. They will know that's not the way. They will come back and say, no, maybe this is not the way. Are you like an atom? If you're like that, I pray the Lord help you. That you'll be able to perceive and know this is the direction that the Lord is taking me to. You know, sometimes we may stay in an area and complain about the area we stay and complain how tough the road is and complain about how hard it is for us to, to get simple amenities in the area we stay. Yet when someone just moved in in your area, maybe a few weeks, few months, they open up a venture and you are the first one to go and buy them. Are your eyes open enough to see the opportunities around where you stay? Are your eyes open to see that the Lord has planted you at that place for a reason? They have got eyes. They can't see. They have got ears. They can't hear. Brothers, is a reason why God places us in a particular place. It's because he has already gone ahead of you. He has prepared the place and he knows this place is suitable for you. And he will plant you there. But the, the, the problem is we can't really see and perceive what God is doing. And we end up fighting him. We end up, why me, Lord? Why did you put me here? When my flames, you took them so much higher to another position. So much higher to a better organization. But God knew you needed to be here for a reason. May God open your eyes so you'll be able to see why you are where you are today. And where God is taking you to. And sometimes, you know, God may show you that turn left, okay? You know, this month of May is the month of grace 
upon grace. Okay? And we had a similar theme in October last year. Now, here's the danger. God will speak to you today say, turn right. And you turn right. All glory to God. It doesn't mean today you should also turn right. Do you hear what I'm saying? It doesn't mean today you should also turn left because God said turn left yesterday. Are your eyes able to see and perceive what the Lord is saying? The direction you should take today. Let's open our Bible to the book of uh, 2 Kings. Chapter 2. It's a long story but I'll read quick. And it will make much sense if you relate it to John Nine where the blind uh, man was healed and he was taken to the leaders in the church for quizzing just because he's seeing. So funny sometimes. 2 Kings 2 verse 1. We'll read all the way to 18. And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind. That Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here. Please, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So this is Elisha speaking to Elijah. So they went down to Bethel. Now the sons of the prophets, these are people that I'll be referring to as quoted in the Bible, not as quoted elsewhere. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master, meaning Elijah, from over you today? And he said to them, I know. Please keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, please. For the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as the soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came together to Jericho. Now, the sons of the prophets, they are back again, who were at Jericho, came, remember at first they were at Bethel. Now they have also moved to where Elisha and Elijah have moved to Jericho. Now they are at it again and they are saying, Elisha, uh, when, when they went to Jericho and came to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from you today? And so he answered again and said, yes, I know. Please keep silent. Then Elijah said to, 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 to him, Elisha, stay here please for the Lord has sent me on to Jordan. And he's changing the places. Eh? You can notice the pattern. But he said to him, as the Lord lives and as the soul lives, I will not leave you. So the, son, the, 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 the two of them went on. And the 50 men of the sons of the prophets, now we know how many they were, they were 50. They went in a multitude. Eh? They went and stood facing them at a distance while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now this time now they haven't made it to there. Now Elijah took his mantle and rolled it up and struck the water and it was divided and, 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 and was divided this way and that. So that the two of them crossed over on a dry ground. And it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you before I am taken from you? 
And Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So he said, you have asked a very hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me, eyes, perception. If you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, if you have got eyes, you can see, but you cannot see me. It shall not be so. Then it happened. As they continued and talked and spoke, that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah, Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen and its horsemen. So he saw him no more. And he took hold of his clothes and tore them into two pieces. And he took upon the mantle of Elijah and had fallen, that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Now, Elisha is going back. Okay? Remember, they crossed this river when they were together with Elijah. Now, Elijah has been taken to heaven. He's alone. But what he has is the mantle of Elijah. And he stood by the river Jordan on the bank. Then he took the mantle of Elijah and that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, Where is the God and the Lord of Elijah? And we had so struck the water, it was divided. And he also closed on a dry ground. Now, we thought that we were done with the sons of the prophets. They are back in verse 15. Now when the sons of the prophets were, 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 were from Jericho, saw Elisha, they said, The spirit of Elijah, based on Elisha, and they came to meet Elisha and told him and, and, and bowed to the ground before him. And I said to him, look now, there are 50 strong men with your servant. We are doing like a campaign. Look now, we are 50 of us, many in number. Please let them go and search for your master. Lest perhaps the spirit of the Lord has taken him up and cast him upon some mountain. Maybe he has crashed in the mountain. Into some valley. And he said, You shall send no one. But when they aged him till he was ashamed, they kept bothering him. They were 50. It was 50 against one. And he said, Send them. Therefore they sent 50 men and searched for three days. So persistent. But not find Elijah. And when they came back to him, for he had stayed in Jericho waiting for them. He said to them, did I not tell you not to go? There are a couple of things that we can learn from this passage. And another powerful sermon that someone can make on here. But I want you to pay attention to what is happening here. That the 50 sons of the prophets and Elisha are saying different things. Elisha is able to comprehend what is about to happen. That Elijah is about to go. And the sons of the prophets also descend and say, your master will be taken up soon. But Elisha keeps telling them that I know this. If you keep silent, that is going to be helpful to all of us. You know, you must be very careful of the voices that you entertain in your life. These were the sons of the prophets. They were not devil's people. They were not the heathen. These were people of God. Together serving with the prophet. 
together serving with the prophet of uh, the prophet Elijah. But their voice at this time lacked spiritual discernment. They couldn't see what the prophet was saying. What Elisha was able to see. So watch out for the sounds of the prophets in your life. At your workplace, they will tell you, we know they will be retrenching soon. They will be reducing the numbers soon. Maybe it's better for you to start looking for another job. It's okay, you just need to, to do that. We'll pray for you, they will say that. We'll be praying for you, as if they'll pray. We'll be praying for you, don't worry, this is and that, that's what's going to happen. If you are spiritually blind, you'll be misled. Now imagine if Elisha had listened to the 50 signs of the prophets because they were convincing. He could have missed his destiny. He could have completely missed what the Lord was doing in his life. What Elisha, Elisha was able to see with his spiritual eyes, a multitude could not see. Now, it doesn't matter where you, whether you are just alone where you are. Because, you know, God is not persuaded by numbers. He's not persuaded by how many people. One man stood against 50 sons of the prophets because he heard and saw what God was doing. And he stood by the truth of God. And he got it right. So don't say everybody's doing it. Because that's not what God is doing. The numbers must never be a justification in our lives. Only God should. They will come with their blind advice as experts of nothing and tell you to do this or do that. But is it what God is telling you to do? They will tell you you are suffering. You need to forget about taking over in 2022. You've been praying enough. You've been fasting enough. You know, after fasting in December, you had another fasting in, in February and March. What has changed over your life? And you surely agree with them that there's nothing is changing. But are you able to see what God is doing in your life? So after bothering Elisha about Elijah's departure, the sons of the prophets, they continue to bother him even after Elijah is taken. They say maybe he has crashed. He has crashed landed in the mountains. Because this has never happened before that a man be taken by a heavenly convoy. You know when the president is passing, all of our cars, they have to be packed aside and pave way for the king. It was the first time that God has to send his own convoy to pick his own man on earth with chariots of fire. Say, you need to go and pick him. What a departure. Oh, how I long that I depart like that. But Elisha understood and saw what God was up to. And although he was, he, was, he was being bothered by a lot of people to change his idea, to change his course, he still maintained his stand. So they will keep on coming over your life. But you need to stand on the truth of the gospel. So after God lifts you up in this year, after God lifts you up and takes you from where you are to another, you know, people are going to come and, and begin to take their lanes of investigation to find out how it happened. We don't understand. Normally, you're supposed to stay in this company for two years for you to get a promotion. How did you get this promotion? How did you get this job? 
They'll say maybe Elijah crashed in the mountains. We should go and look for him. And Elisha told them, don't bother sending 50 men to search for Elijah because you'll not find him. And he said, you don't understand who we are. We are the sons of the prophets. God also speaks to us. We can also hear him. So we know that he crashed. He sent them there to investigate. After three days, they couldn't find him. So people will come and look for how God did it. But if it was God who did it in your life, they will not find the reason why or the how. Because it is God. And God cannot consult anyone, including your neighbor, including your wife. He doesn't have business consulting people concerning you. For he says, I know the plans that I have for you. And the plans that he has is just for you. You've got to have your spiritual sense of sight wide open. In John 8 verse 12, then Jesus spoke to them again and saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness. Amen. But who have the light of life. Now when Jesus talked about the eye being the light or the lamp of the soul, he is actually trying to tell us now that we should understand. It says, if your eye is bad, in Matthew 6, if your eye is bad, okay, how much darkness shall be inside of you? And Jesus is helping us to say, when we understand this concept that Jesus is the light of the world, we will surely have the light of life. And we will not walk in darkness, just like any other person. In Thessalonians, First Thessalonians chapter 5, from verse 5, he says, You are the sons of the light and the sons of the day. We are not of the night. We are not of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as other people do. But let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk are drunk at night. You know, there's something interesting about darkness. That all of a sudden you can believe that it is now okay because there's no light. When it is light, you feel constrained and restrained to do some certain things because everybody can see. Just go out in the dark and see the business that is happening in the darkness. Just because it's happening in the night doesn't mean it is okay. Because we are the sons of the, of, of the light. And we should not walk in darkness. That should be our decision to say, we will walk in light because Jesus, whom we received and welcomed in our hearts, and the heart that says you are the temple of the spirit, is light. In Ephesians 5, verse 8, it says, for you were once not in darkness. That verse is very interesting. You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So therefore, walk as the children of the light. Amen. So I pray that this morning, the Lord will help you to have your eyes open. 
not only for your opportunities, because you know, as a church, sometimes we feel good when we say your eyes open for the opportunities, for the investment, you shout a big amen. That is fine and good. But the greatest win for you and me is to have our spiritual sight restored. That we are able to see what God is doing in our lives. That we are able to see that we need to reach out to people around us and be able also to make them live in the light that we are living. So we see from that, 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 that story of the, the sons of the prophets that it is possible to be in church, it is possible to be in Christ, it is possible to have our two eyes but not be able to see. But the good news is God can open our eyes. In Numbers 22, verse 31, there's a very interesting story there of a donkey who had sight much better than a prophet. Verse 31, that the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his, uh, uh, standing on the way his, with his sword drawn in his hand. And he bowed his head and fell flat in his face. If you read this story, it's very interesting that when Balaam was riding on this donkey and moving from where they were going to prophesy doom to the children of God, it was the donkey who saw the angel of God, not the prophet. So I say it is possible, very possible for us to walk, to be able to have our sight our 522, 527, is it 500 what? 572 or 76 megapixels wide open, but we can't see what God is doing. That's a spiritual danger. So may God open your eyes. When you come to church like this and you're listening to the sharing of the, of, the, of the gospel, what God is doing is to open your eyes for you to see. When you sit on your own and take the Bible and read it, God is able to open your understanding, your eyes for you to see. Are you not surprised that sometimes you read a verse today and after some time you go back to that verse and you understand it and you are able to run with some revelation. For a whole week, for a whole month, you run with that revelation and it does things to you. Are you not surprised how that happens? Because God is able to open your understanding. But we don't read the word of God. We don't Read and commune with God in his word. You will open your eyes through his word or through his spirit. When your eyes are open, you are able to see. And you can boldly proclaim, despite whatever you're going through, you can boldly proclaim like David said, that the Lord is my shepherd. And as a Christian, I walk through the valley of the shadow of trouble. As a Christian, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But because my eyes are open, I'll fear no evil. Because I know the Lord that is with me as a rod and a staff, they comfort me. I bet when David was saying these people were wondering, where is the rod's staff? He couldn't say it, but he was able to perceive it. You are able to speak boldly about this. When say, even when I'm alive right now, I am with God. And even when my eyes close, I'm still with him. Because he said, I am Emmanuel. I am God with you. So it doesn't matter because you're going through different circumstances, seasons in life. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that the Lord is not with you. 
Maybe the prayer you need to pray right now is the Lord will open your eyes for you to see. Because there's a reason for everything. Amen? So, for a long time, I've believed that between men and women, I think women have got the most powerful sense of sight uh, than us men. No wonder we are also colorblind. You know, women are able to see when you go. Uh, I proposed my wife when I was uh, two years, when she was two years ahead of me in school. Uh, and uh, she said yes. I bet, I, bet, I bet she was able to see me beyond the yellow that I was that time. <laughs> a man without anything can come to a woman. They have no car. They have got no insurance. They have got no security. They have got nothing. But a woman will say yes. Avalama sleepers, but you say yes. What is it they're able to see? They're able to see what God has deposited in that man. Oh, our sister said amen a lot. <laughs> but women, women are so blessed with that sin. Sometimes when, when you as a man are spending much time with some other women, she will come and tell you that this one will not end well. And you feel she's jealousy. My wife has started coughing and said I shouldn't, be, I, should, I shouldn't be telling her things that she should laugh. But alas, after some time, you come realizing that the things I was ignoring were the ultimate truth. She was right. Our spiritual senses, especially our sight, has got to be on point all the time. It is just that the Lord is full of mercy and grace. And that he can allow us, you know, he allow distillation to happen. But it would be better for us to walk with the sight of God. And be able to avoid things we can avoid. Some of the trouble that we are getting ourselves into today. It is because we ignored the sight that God granted us. We ignored so many things that the Lord said, don't go this way. We still went that way. Don't invest in this. We still invested in that. Our sight is suppressed. We have got eyes, but we can't see. So when we invest, when we feed our soul with things, it will be reflective in our heart. So in John chapter, first John chapter 2 verse 16, says the last of the eyes, the last of the flesh, and the pride of life are carnality. These bring forth sin. These bring forth darkness. Remember, it says, if the light is, is in, you, in you, if your sight is bad, so how bad is your darkness going to be? It says, if you spend so much time focusing on things that are carnality, you are bringing yourself to sin. You are bringing yourself to darkness. You are bringing yourself finally to death. You'll be a moving corpse soon. Wearing a smart suit, but you're a dead person. Because you can't see what God is telling you. And the opposite is true. If you spend much time in the word, if you spend much time with God, if you spend much time in the things guarding your spiritual eyes, guarding your eye gate with good things, good health, pure things, the word of God, more faith, more prayer, more fellowship, these will be illuminated from you. There are some people when you meet, even before they say anything, they just look at you, you feel the peace. 
it is because it is coming from within them. Spend much time watching things that will contaminate your soul. Don't come here complaining when you are attacked in the night, when they are chasing you over and over again. So let's mind what we feed our eyes on, what we see, what we spend much time watching. I know these days are very hard. These days are very dangerous. We have got smartphones. I actually gave them the first name, smart, and the surname, phone. And then we can watch things in our private life, privately watch our own things and contaminate ourselves. You only be late to danger and death. So I pray that God will help you. Amen. That the Lord will open your eyes and you're able to, you'll be able to see what God is saying. Spiritual brightness is dangerous. Imagine staying in here, but we are not able to see what God is doing. You might imagine riding on the donkey and you're heading to disaster. And you should only be saved because a donkey, which was not made in the likeness of God or in the image of God, can stay there and say, I'm not going anywhere because I can sense this death where you're going. I pray that the Lord will open your eyes and that your spiritual eyes will be able to open so that you are able to see what the Lord is saying, what the Lord is doing in your life. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, Paul is saying a very powerful plea there, that I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and the revelation in the knowledge of him, that your eyes, the eyes of your understanding, being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what, the, what, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the sense. And what is this the exceeding greatness of his power toward us? Who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Verse 20. Which he worked in Christ when he laid him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. 21. For, for above all principalities and the power and the might and the dominion and, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. So like Elijah prayed for the servant in, in, in the book of Elijah, uh, in the book of uh, Second Kings, when they were attacked and they, they, they were not actually able to see uh, what was happening, there was a time in the book of Elijah, let's go there, Elijah, second, uh, not the book of Elijah, Second Kings, Second Kings, what is this guy saying? Book of Eli. He has blood his own books. Remember, there was a time, now Elijah has been taken, and there was a time Elisha had taken these sons of the prophets. They wanted to build. And now, these sons suggested that with how God is using you and everything that is happening, this place is small for us. So let's go and get materials so we can build a place for our own. Right? And then when they, they borrowed an axe, and started cutting trees and the axe fell in the water. Remember that story? Mm-hmm. Good that you remember because we are not reading that one. We'll read another story. In Second uh, Kings chapter 6. Okay. So, God is using Elisha mightily. And each time the enemy wants to attack the people of Judah... 
Elisha is able to go to their king and tell them what is about to happen and how they are going to win the war. So the enemy is frustrated. Okay? The enemy is frustrated because in the camp of Israel, there's someone who can see what God is doing. And they are able to prepare. So the king of Alam is dismayed as his anger that each time they plan an attack on Israel, it falls and it fails. So they, 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 they begin to question each other that who among you is telling the enemy our whole strategy? modern language you say, who is the snitch us, selling intel to the enemy? And the, and the people say, no, none of us is telling and sharing our own secrets to anyone. Now, let's read uh, verse 8. Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel and he consulted with his servants saying, my camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God said the king of Israel saying, Beware that you do not pass this place for the Syrians are coming down there. This is Elisha telling the king that as you're going to war, beware of A, B, C. Okay? And the king follows that. Okay? Verse 10. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told them and he warned them and he was watchful there, not just once or twice. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? He's telling our secrets to the, to the people of Israel. And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king. But Elisha, the prophet, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. Now, this is dangerous. says, we are here. These are the enemies that are discussing that king, as we are here, you are worried about a small matter. Because you are worried about our war secrets being revealed. There's a prophet in Israel who, are, who can actually see and hear whatever you are discussing in your bedroom. The power of our spiritual eyes. And I don't want you to pray that you'll be seeing secrets in our bedroom. Or <laughs> But this is so profound. So he said, that cannot be. How come he sees things that we are discussing in our camp? And then he can give his see in my loyal bedroom. So, this is what we should do. So he said, go and see where this prophet is, that I may send and get him. And it was told him, saying, surely he is in Dotham. Therefore, he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and sur surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out there, and an army surrounded the city with horses and chariots, his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? He was so afraid this is our end. Okay? So he answered, Elijah, Elisha answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. The horses you see down there, the chariots you see down there is nothing compared to what we have. You are, you are able to see physically the army that has surrounded us. That is fine and good. I don't leave you to report, but I want you to know you should not be troubled because those who we are, are with us are so many, so mighty, and those that are down there. 
So, this should be our prayer now on verse 17. And this is the reason why I read this text. Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray you open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened his eyes because the Lord is faithful. He opened his, the, the eyes of the young man and the young man saw. What did he see? And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire of all around. And Elisha, all around Elisha. So he was able to see when Elisha prayed to say, God, we can see that the enemy has surrounded us. My young man who goes up, up and about and checks things for me is afraid about what is happening. The Syrians have come to revenge and attack and deal with us. Fine and good, but open his sight so he should be able to see the army that is with us. Brethren, it doesn't matter what you're going through. I wanted to encourage you that only if God opens your eyes, you'll be able to marvel at the tribulation you're going through right now. At the things you're going through right now. You'll be able to appreciate the mighty things that God is doing because you're not alone. He says, I'll always be with you. He says, I am going, but I'll send a helper. Now, uh, another interesting one about our ladies is that so far in the Bible, there are only two entities that are called helpers. So it's you and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. But don't, don't you relent now. I want you to use that revelation and build yourself up. Amen. And it says you should be able to see what God is doing. The mighty army that surrounds you is much powerful than anybody else. So whatever battles you're going through, whatever issues are happening in your life, I pray that this morning you'll cry out to God and say, God, open my eyes. Maybe I may not believe what this young man is preaching right now, but just open my eyes that I may see for myself what you're doing in my life. How much you've surrounded me with grace. How much you've surrounded me with peace. How much you've surrounded me with love. Sometimes just the very knowledge of you knowing that you're loved can ease the pain. And I'm here to tell you that God loves you. May God open your eyes for you to really appreciate that. And you, for you to be able to see what God has for you. A spiritual being made in heaven, not made on earth. Our phones, our things are written, made in China. You were made in heaven. And there's a reason God made you. He didn't speak you in existence. He had to create you. I want us to stand as we close. Because today is a, is a Holy Communion Sunday, so I want us to use much time also to do that. But I want to ask you, to plead with you that as I've heard this weight coming to you, I want you to make a decision and commitment. Assess your life. There are so many opportunities you have missed. There are so many things that you have missed for your growth. But God so desires that he elevates you. God so desires that you should take over. But it will require you to have your spiritual sight restored so that you should be able to see it is not every, everything that you should invest in. It is not everything that you should jump onto and do and spend your money on or spend your time on or, or, or waste your time watching and, 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 and doing. God should help you to open your eyes. When you read the word of God, when you have fellowship with the Holy Spirit, you are able to have your sight opened, restored.
May God help you to see ministry opportunities around you. That you should be able to invest in people's lives for the glory of the King. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Our prayer is that God has spoken to your heart. Be blessed in this week.